0: G'day. How are you? Hello, Hilary McNevin.
1: Hello, Richard Cornish. Hello. It's our afternoon session.
0: Afternoon session. Hello. Who's joined us? Who's just, come, who's just joined us? Um, who's, who's new? Okay, welcome. so... Welcome, everyone who's just joined us. My name is Richard Cornish. I'm a food writer from Melbourne. I've been invited to be here at the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival to help Hilary McNevin. And
1: I've, and I've been invited to the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival to help... Richard Cornish, I'm a food communicator, also Melbourne based.
0: What, and it wasn't wasn't lunch great.
1: Ham and salad rolls. At the Apollo
0: Bay Bakery.
1: <laughs> Makes me happy. No, I didn't have a seafood theme, but actually it's just reminds yeah, ham and salad roll. Sometimes it's perfect. What really carrot,
0: beetroot, the whole pit. Sorry. Uh, um, can I can I just anyone here been to the vault in town? The vault, the yes. Chinese restaurant. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Two, one, two, three, four. Chinese restaurant. Yes. Um, son and mother. I know. I haven't got mum's name yet. Son is Bruce Lee, as he introduced himself.
1: He introduced himself as it's, Bruce
0: Lee. It's in, the, yeah, and, uh, in okay. the vault of the old CBA bank, is it?
1: Yes, yes. because there's you see the vault, which is where they have the till and, and the desk. The front desk, it's all in there. But it was a surprise, wasn't it? Because we a, couldn't open the bottle of wine that we bought. No,
0: we couldn't. There's no BYO just No BYO. Yet. And no licence. No, no toilets. Uh, no toilets. Perhaps the most shambolic service I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: Fluorescent lighting,
0: buzzing, no music, no flies.
1: Yeah, it was. Ex- but okay, it sets the scene.
0: But can I authentic? Yeah, I felt but. like I, I felt like I was in the back seats of Shanghai. It is sensational, seriously good. The food there. We had.
1: We had eggplant, chili, eggplant, and um, like a pork mince. Pork mince, but there was the uh, and the fish. Talk about the fish.
0: Ras, there was ras, ras straight off the boat, whole, and, steamed. and a Holstein ras. And as Bruce Lee put that down on the plate, he said, "Wait for this." A mum hasn't put ginger in it because it's so fresh; it doesn't need it. I
1: was telling Paul West and, that before. And we actually.
0: and we had and we had uh, Jerry my chef there. She said, "Yep, that means it's fresh. If the chef's got confidence that it's it's fresh, they don't add chilli. If they add lots, like add, ginger. add, add, add <laughs> ginger. If they add lots of ginger, you know it's not that fresh." Can I? Can we you recommend it?
1: I c- c- go in and ask what the whole fish is and have a ho- steamed whole fish and a few dumplings.
0: Yeah, a few dumplings. Fish off the boat. Off the boat. Lobster really. congee.
1: Yes, and lo- noodle, lobster, the noodles dish was great, yeah. and um, we're not on commission, it was just wonderful. And,
0: and Peter Hilkey, you'd be glad to know they had green-lipped abalone done beautifully, fresh. Yeah, it was yeah, sensational. It was really so uh, we have to say that surprise. Apollo Bay has a really, really, really good, oh, seven Chinese restaurants, but this one's really, 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 really good. Hey, um, I'm already excited for our next session. Everyone's settled in. That's our leather and banter to get everyone settled in and they have their phones turned off. Phones turn uh, turned off. Or turned to silent. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's about time to go underwater again and find out what's going on and what we need to look after. Thank you. Okay, have a good time. Thank so you, though.
1: Richard. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, everybody. And thank you to our guests. We're going to jump, dive straight in, pardon the pun, if we may. Um, this is a very protecting sea country. I'm very much looking forward to, and very honoured to have you both here as part of this discussion today. It's my pleasure to introduce Lisa Deppler from OCEAN, which is the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network, and a great honour to also welcome Yaron Cousins Bundle, who is a Guchanumara Please excuse me if I didn't say that right, Guchumara, traditional owner, whale-dreaming custodian, and coordinator of the First Nations Nations Ocean Protective Collective, S O P E C, which is the Southern Ocean Protection Embassy Collective. Please welcome Yaren and Lisa. <clears throat> Lisa, I'd like to start with you because this is we're talking about the ocean and the rivers and the inlets and every everything. We're talking about this beautiful, vast of water, expanse of water out there. Um, You you, you are here to tell us about seismic testing because that's something that's happening and which is – negative and we need to know how we can help it to stop it but then we're going to turn to you Yaren to talk about even emphasise even further why we need to stop it and what it is that is under threat. She's far greater than any of us can ever really fathom so we need your guidance with that. So Lisa if I may ask you first what is seismic testing? Let's get right back to basics for anyone here who might not really get what it is okay um, anybody who avoided
2: our tent yesterday <laughs> uh, you uh, might know seismic testing we like to call it seismic blasting and call it what it is uh, it's basically it's used by gas and oil companies for exploration looking for gas and oil deep below the ocean floor to do this they have a it's a pretty big ship a big research sort of survey ship and they let off massive blasts off the back Of that ship. Those blasts are 259 decibels. And just to give you an idea, anybody who I didn't know anything about decibels, but 140 decibels is a jet engine and decibels are exponential. Another description is a million times louder than any whale call. So it's pretty loud. And they let off those blasts every 10 seconds. 24 hours a day, often for months on end, as the ship covers a title, an area they've been given to explore, mm-hmm. in, a, in a transact form, they go back and forward. They tow a big array that is sometimes up to 10 kilometers long, carrying receptors. Um, I've got, actually got a poster out there, I was gonna bring it in and put it out, but I forgot. But uh, the, um, the, the sound travels right down through the ocean, through the ocean floor, kilometers into the ocean floor, and bounces back and tells those receptors and those scientists on board what lays below the ocean floor. And they can tell by that, those signals, if it's gas or oil, whether it has good potential or not for mining. Okay. Um, do you want me to tell you what it does?
1: Please, <laughs> that's the next So, And, and okay. why, why is it happening too?
2: Okay, well, what it does is it kills marine life. As simple as that, For, um, it doesn't kill all marine life, and not directly, it damages and kills marine life, either by um, interrupting migration, feeding and breeding patterns, or directly from the blasts. Would it disrupt um,
1: ocean currents as well? When we were talking about ocean currents earlier? Uh, would
2: I it? don't know. Yeah, no, yeah that's a, what would that One of those be? doctors might be yes. able to answer
1: that one. Are they
2: here? Um, <laughs> So um, it obviously disturbs whales and dolphins. A lot of animals can get out of the way, but yes, it—you know if you get pushed out of an area because there's a seismic ship blasting for a couple of months, they can miss an entire essential feeding ground, such as the Bonniap Welling in 2019, mm-hmm. and they miss something essential. Um, and that, these things can lead to death. Plus there's already a lot of anthropogenic noise in the ocean, disturbing whales as it is. Um, So crayfish, one of our favourites. It can damage crayfish while they're in a planktonic stage. A lot of people don't realise crayfish spend their first two years as plankton, as do many uh, marine species. And each blast can kill zooplankton for at least 1.2 kilometres, every blast, every 10 seconds. That's a massive amount of zooplankton. Now you add to that the tides that go along in an east and west direction across the bottom of Australia at four to five knots, and you've got the conveyor belt happening. So you've got that title that they're seismic blasting, and if you're clever with maths, times the tide, huge tracts of not much zooplankton. Mm-hmm. And there are so many animals, unfortunately they haven't been studied like the the whales and the crayfish and the scallops, the commercial uh, fisheries, that we don't know what damage they do. We know that it also damages adult crayfish and mm-hmm. impacts on their ability to balance. And you only need to be a split second slower out there, and you get gobbled up by an octopus. Like, you you can't be handicapped out there. That's the law of the ocean. So,
1: it's doing a lot of damage. How did you get involved in this in the first place? Like, when did, what's your background for it? I was just
2: born a greenie, I think.
1: Yeah. Maybe just an ocean lover, someone who. Is it, I is do Greeny, love the ocean. Who I spend a lot of time in on. the ocean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And how did this particular. Um, what, tell us about what ocean does. Okay. Um,
2: we've been naughty a little bit mm-hmm. at times. We've blocked a seismic ship in Geelong. Um, basically, we try to tell the government what needs to be done because that's where it all starts. Uh, these gas and oil companies wouldn't do what they do if they weren't allowed. They're working within the guidelines. Some of them actually think they're good corporate citizens and they're doing the right thing. Um, So we sort of work with government. Uh, Monique Ryan is a huge supporter of OCEAN. Um, Peter Wish-Wilson mentioned us recently uh, in the Senate estimates. So we need to get some of these independents and there's some Labor uh, MPs as well who are pretty much on side. Mm -hmm. We're part of a much larger group. Uh, with SOPEC, Friends of the Earth. We formed a larger group. It started last year when we got notification from Schlumberger that they wanted to do the world's biggest 3D seismic blasting in the history out here in our Watway Basin. It's an area that goes from Tasmania to past Robe in South Australia, and they wanted to 3D blast it, which is just weird because they normally just use 3D blasting to when they get down to finessing, you know, we're about to sink a well and they want to know more detail. So, I, I just think, yeah, it it's crazy.
1: So, Yaren, over to you. With something like that, that language, 3D test blast, seismic test blasting, just please share with us sea country and what we need to understand and know.
3: Yeah, um, I think that the sciences are just catching up to... Um, some of the ancient knowledge systems that have been around for a long time. Um, and that's great like that's what we want. Um, we want more um, yeah, data and information about you know the damages that are being um, done to the southern ocean right across um, natural resource extraction. So some of that is permanent seabed infrastructure and some of that to create the wells. And then some of that is the seismic blasting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's actually insane um, for this day and age for us to be transitioning into renewables. Mm -hmm. And our government's also funding um, millions of dollars to this amazing research that's been done by some of these awesome individuals here um, and organisations. Um, and then, on the other hand, they're funding multi-billion dollars into the mining industry, and it just doesn't make sense.
1: And do you have a you and, and the community that you're in, the SOPCEPEC? Are you are you able to get a voice to these guys? Are, are they listening? Are, yeah, what's, so what that's what's why. Happening?
3: Um, that's why we created SOPEC. Um, so it's a Southern Ocean Embassy Protection Embassy Collective. So it's for anyone to join but it's also um, a way that First Nations voices um, are getting out there and need to be heard and local First Nations um, voices and knowledges um, that we have to protect sea country. Um, And we are following the whale dreaming, so we're focusing on the big guys, um, but then that also comes back to what Lisa and some of the other people have touched on about the zooplanktons and the smaller planktons that actually are the foundations of the ocean, and that's the food chain from the whales, the kuntabul we call them, um, the southern right whales, and and that their main food source and that interconnected cycle um, that's just being completely disregarded um, for the mining industry. Yeah.
1: Can you tell us about whale dreaming? As a custodian of Whale Dreaming, can you? what is that?
3: Um, well, I just brought this little tiny piece of whale bone to share with everybody. Um, this is what it looks like when it becomes ancient. So when you first see it, it's got this white kind of color on it um, when it's um, closer to when the whale actually passed away. And it's initially breaking down. And then as it gains age, it, it blackens and um, goes darker and so yeah being a whale uh, dreaming custodian um, we like to say custodians not owners because we belong to country we don't own it Um, and yeah it's really really important that these ancient knowledge systems that have been lost through the process of colonization um, to be brought back in, in our generation now, um, and especially when it's at that time of where we really, really need those knowledges to come back and um, you know unite with what we've got today to care for country. Um, it's really, really important. And so the seismic blasting and the mining, what it does is directly destroy um, what we know as Wales Songline Country. So the Wales Songline um, actually goes all around the world. Um, it connects with a lot of other different species and First Nations peoples and dreaming stories all around the world. Um, yeah, like that's sort of what Richard was saying before about the depth of time yeah. and old time. And that, you know, science is, um, gone up to 60,000 years old, um, and that's awesome, but we know we've been around for a lot longer. Um, We have a site that um, some of the Deakin people may know, um, uh, Moyul, um, which is the mouth of the Hopkins River in Warrnambool, and um, it's been dated back to 120,000 years um, of uh, a fire midden site. So a, a fireplace within a midden site where my people used to cook a feed of all those abalones and oysters and bimbalas and all those beautiful little um, creatures that sustained us for thousands of years, um, that there's proof of man-made fire in, in those middens. So um, that's just something that we, um, we Yama, we know inside us, we understand that, and we're hoping to get, um, you know, the the other industries that are working within and on the ocean to um, come with us on that journey for Caring for Country. Um, so, yeah, that's really, really significant to us, as in the part of the whale dreaming story for the Gunditjmara people is that they, um, we all come from one of the oldest storytellers in the world, and that one is Wurok, the blue whale. And the blue whale, um, if you ever have a Google of the blue whale, um, they're the largest animal on earth. Um, they actually have the largest heart on earth. Um, so that relates back to our dreaming. Um, back to the vibrational sounds of the ocean, the sounds of the waves, the sounds, the languages of the creatures of the ocean. Um, So we fully acknowledge that in in reviving our cultural um, and traditional stories and how we, um, we merge that into today and the younger generation that are reclaiming that cultural identity. And so it's really important for it's us so as our important. people. Yeah. Yes, please
1: keep going. I was just thinking that, you know, the depth of time and the thousands and thousands of years and then, but the constant hum and wave and oce- uh, and energy and beauty and the song line around the earth that... Um, Connects the entire globe and First Nations people. How do you communicate, sharing those stories with other First Nations peoples in other parts of
3: the world? Do you have a platform where you can share those stories about the ocean? We're getting there. Yeah. Um, years ago, you know, we um, when I was a teenager, that was the first thing we did when we moved back to the coast was learn to surf and immerse ourselves in sea country, and then. We learnt about, um, you know, like the nautilus, the southern nautilus shell that only um, lives in the Southern Ocean, and then all these amazing little things that we keep learning about, like that skeleton shrimp, and um, yeah, all the species that um, are out there, and we know that there's this amazing diversity. Um, and again, someone touched on it before about the the diversity of all these complex ecosystems um, that make up the Great Southern Reef and that contribute to the Great Southern upwelling. And it's really astounding when you look a bit deeper and you see that all those parts interconnect and that we're not actually separate from that. Um, We're all part of that and those vibrations um, as part of the ocean, um, we, you know, have we're bringing back those cultural connections inside of us and bringing back those ancient vibrations through our cultural language, and that's one of the ways that we hope to um, to connect through Indigenous research and cultural knowledges about honouring sea country languages and learning about the different sounds of the ocean and how they interconnect with us and what we can do to um, save them. Upwelling.
1: What's what's upwelling?
3: So something else I learned um, at the upwelling festival down in Portland uh, late last year uh, where we went and told part of the story um, of the whale dreaming was that there's actually a downwelling and an upwelling. Um, So if you think about that, like you think about the tides and the movement within the ocean, you know the earth is 80% ocean so the the ocean is like the blue lung of our planet so it's breathing down and up and down and up and just like the those mammals, um, the whales and those marine um, mammals that are um, sonar connected and use that to navigate through the water um, they're actually part of their language is actually connecting in to those rhythms of the earth and um, that's what we as first nations have the ability to do and connect with as well and what we're hoping to revive is um yeah safe places on country that um that this sound can can grow and flourish again, and it's really important. It's the other side of um, you know the physical, like sustainable fishing, and and how we can um, connect the cultural knowledges with the scientific knowledges, and it's it's so important. Um... When you were saying your people
1: will revive the. Those stories and and the whole connection. How do we help? How do we help as a as a broader people and as a broader population? What do we do? Where do I we start? I think
3: um, these guys are onto it. Ocean, um, they've been super supportive of uh, Sopec and getting us off the ground um, alongside Friends of the Earth, Surface for Climate, Beyond Gas Network, and a few other great little land care groups that are involved. And so we offer that um, to any of the marine park people, any of the fishery people or the fishermen to come and join our collective and be part of um, the bigger, wider campaign of saving Southern Sea Country, because that's what it's about. Um, And also our um, ways of being and connecting with sea country Uh, uh, about um, everyone has a place of belonging. So like we, I just would love to acknowledge actually all the amazing work, um, you know, that Deakin and the local fishermen have been doing um, and the Marine Park people and, uh, you know, we hope to connect and come and have a yarn with you all um, in the future about, yeah, how we can work together to Um, care for country where we live because it's so important and when we're um, united that voice becomes from a whisper to a real roar like the ocean and you know makes an impact on the ignorance of government um, that you know they haven't really listened to First Nations people for a long time we've been saying this for a long time (laughs) yes and um those knowledges like um for example, the full moon and the more and more water, and mm-hmm. um, you know the tides and how they're affected on the full moon. Um, part of those things um, not only come from the great work that people do, but they come from these old cultural knowledges that um, you know have existed for a long time. And oh, so there's just... all of these great things that, um, yeah, if we if they can listen to us and support us. Is there
1: somewhere we can find you online? Because we've got maybe five minutes, so there might be time for a couple of questions. If anyone has any questions, and then please tell us how we can find you and support you and actively either sign up. How do we find ocean and sign things to say stop it? How do we stop it? Will it be able to be stopped, this seismic testing?
3: Yes. We believe so. (laughs) Let's do it.
1: I think with people power, we can do it. We must. Things have improved
2: quite a bit um, since I'd know... A lot of people might be aware of the case in the Federal Court with the Tiwi Islanders, with Santos. That has improved the consultation a lot more as far as NOPSEMA is concerned. NOPSEMA is the National Offshore Safety Environment (laughs) Management Authority. Um, And they are now talking to First Nations people and even other mob that profess some interest. It was always just other shipping industries or... Fisher people, yeah. unless you had a direct, um, you know a direct impact, like their ship was going to bump into you or run over your nets. Mm. Um,
1: so things are improving. Um, yeah. Good. Questions? <gasps> yes, this young lady down the front, Richard Cornish. Do you have a
0: question? I'll just pass the microphone. If you would speaking to the microphone, young lady. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> I'll take that as a comment. Pat, Pat Carey, a local. Um, why, why are these companies actually doing seismic testing here? Is it, do they want to promote oil and gas? Or is it a cheap place to get gas? Why, why are they focusing here rather than, I don't know, somewhere else? I
2: think because Australia lays down and lets them do it. At the moment, that, that um, seismic blasting I was talking about, Schlumberger, it's not a title that has been released by the Australian government. It's a special prospector's authority. So they're just doing this off their own back. And more than likely, it will be approved by NOPTA and Nopsema. So I think because we don't have those strict regulations, maybe it's a bit like you know we're the last bastion for petrol cars for importing. You know, um, yeah. Too easy. Too easy. Um, Beach Energy uh, down. They want to. Um, they want a seismic blast on the land and in the shallow waters. At. Off the coast of Port Campbell, like you couldn't make this up, they want to do this um, where they'll they'll go maximum five nautical miles out to sea, so it's really shallow water where um, seismic testing is much more harmful, and yeah, to find more gas. I mean, all this destruction that? is happening um, to find wells and create wells that sh- will not happen or be in production for decades, and. In decades, we need to have moved on well and truly from gas and oil. So this is wanton
1: destruction of our marine life, really. I have a question. Time for a final question.
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic presentation. Thank you, Yaron. Yeah, it was terrific. Um, I, this is a bit more by way of an answer. The answer, why are they doing it? They, they don't have any plans to stop gas exploration. The, the, they are planning to expand gas exploration and production in this area. Um, beyond 2050, indefinitely.
1: Can you introduce yourself? Uh, John,
0: my name's John. I work with uh, Lisa. Yeah. Hi. So this Hi. is this is this is the sign that you know Australia is going backwards fast.
3: Yeah, and a lot of those bays that uh, the shallow waters that Lisa was just mentioning um, are direct resting and birthing bays that are unrecorded for the southern right whale. Who um, they changed the the endangered status from critically endangered just to endangered um, and I believe that is a direct target from um conflict of interest for the mining industry and the regulatory bodies like NOPSAMA and NOPTA um, for them to basically tick it off and go yep um because we don't know nothing they don't know anything about um, the damage, they can't measure the damage because it's too great. So it's really horrific that, yeah, we're going backwards as a country. Um, and, yeah, those, those songlines are connected to, um, you know, the foundations of the Southern Ocean. So what we're actually trying to do as First Nations people is um, protect the country for everyone, not just blackfellas, you know, it's really important. That we all have yes. a, um, yeah, a Jeremy, say. I have a, a question from a yeah, young lady Yes, here. my niece Gerali. <laughs> um,
1: what, what's that door
3: over there? John? 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 There yeah. was a door over there. Why is that door over there? Oh, that's not a question about the ocean, is it? That's
1: a question about the whale
3: about Kuntabal. Oh, I think that's an office. Um, we, so we, our, have to,
1: we have to wrap up in a moment, but go,
3: uh, ahead, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so our um, women, our Gunichmara women have been actively involved in reviving a lot of these ceremonies and reclaiming some of these coastal sites to do ceremony, um, which is really important because in, in the bigger picture of things like I mentioned before, um, a lot of our Um, languages and ceremony are based on the sound and the vibration of country so our languages are sounds that belong to country the same as the animals that belong there as well Um, so it's really important to bring back those songs and um, just Um, like to pass it to my sorry um he couldn't couldn't get the microphone off me um (laughs) what what also I know from Lisa and Yaron is Schlumberger and TSG are the biggest, some of the biggest companies we've never heard of in the, on the planet. The biggest crooks. Biggest crooks who have also uh, have one of their projects under investigation while they're applying to do the 3D seismic testing. And we've been informed by, the, is it Nopsema or Nopta, one of Nopsamer. them? Nopsema. Nopsema. That that investigation will not affect in any way the decision around their application and that they also hold the record for the biggest fine of any company in the world for stuff they've done in the Northern Hemisphere. So these are the kind of pirates we're dealing with and it's all about money. Nothing else. Well we need but to we need to stick and together
1: and work together. The motion
2: did a freedom of information and we found out it's a criminal charge. Wow. And it's around the environment. We're yet to find out what it is.
1: Let's keep this conversation going. We Unfortunately I wish we Yeah, we could have Thank you, Bill. Where where do we how, where do we follow you? Sign up, help you, I've support you. Ocean, yeah. yeah. Ocean, Ocean has, has a online. website. Yeah.
3: Um, so are in the middle of um, establishing a website and membership, um, but you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram in the right. meantime, and um, we'll Great. keep you posted. And there's also flyers on the table on the way out with a link to a citizen's protection declaration that um, elders and community have written um, in support of protecting our um, sea country kin, um, which are the whales are our ocean ancestors. So yeah, um, thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Lisa. Yaron, thank you. We're honored to have you both here.